The Sea Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the world famous CE podcast with me, your host, Scott McManamy, and with me as always over Zoom, it's the one and only Henry Capper. Henry, how are you this fine day? Yep, keeping well. Survived the the thunderstorm that was last night on, on Monday, the fifteenth of June, so the great, the great thunderstorm that was. You know, I was actually at uh, as at someone's house, and it rained literally everywhere in Portadown, but not in their back garden. It was like providence. It was unbelievable. I got caught in it and had to, like stand under a shelter for a good twenty minutes because it was, yeah. There's all there, there's being manly and whatnot, and then there's just yeah, just I'm not getting soaked. Yeah, I don't think it's overly manly to get wet. You know. What do you There's think of? That. What do you think of? What do you think of a man? A big soggy beard. Yeah, I I just don't know if you're watching movies, right, Scott? Because I see that in all the really good movies. You'll need to give me some recommendations afterwards so I can brush up on my manliness. <laughs> I see you're drinking. A, I see you're drinking a cup of coffee there. Have you got any uh, favorite new Instagram accounts that have popped up over lockdown at all? Or no, none, none. None that, none that can. Uh, oh no, no! I thought there was no, none. You, any for you? Well, I think we've got to give Harry McNeely a wee shout out. If you, if you are someone who enjoys the pretentious art of coffee making, and I, I say that as someone who does enjoy it, um, Harry McNeely has got the account for you. It is, you know, just exactly how you ought to make in this cafe gold. Um, it's a very helpful account, so uh, you should check it out at coffee with harry and then i think it's got an underscore afterwards as well um very nice branding and i'm I'm, I'm curious as who you got to do it for him so but shout out to harry and his new new account uh big fan big fan of people with two accounts um henry port stewart or newcastle port stewart every day of the week absolutely i think newcastle is an absolute hole i think it's nice yeah it's got mods it's got the Mountains meeting the sea, but I don't know. For me, a stony beach is no beach at all. Um, That's very true. Though it does have the Dodgem Scott, which is a big plus point. That is true. Henry and I once attended a, a, a wedding in yeah. uh, Newcastle and uh, went on the Dodgems just by ourselves, essentially. I think it was maybe three of us in the Dodgems. We're all in suits. Um, it was a experience, I think. Yeah, I'm sure the people the people who, who owned the Kent Museums were, were very taken back by that as well. <laughs> oh dear. Uh Henry, have you got uh we've got some questions coming in asking for uh book recommendations. Have you have you been reading any books um of any uh worth or books of note over lockdown at all? Yeah, at the start of lockdown I, I read a lot um a lot of books but i have to be honest recently it's dried up a bit one of the books i read at the beginning of lockdown quite a niche book that probably no one's heard of but you know i'll give it a shout out anyway is a book called finding god in the ordinary by an american guy um called pierce taylor hibbs and it's really short chapters like i mean like three four pages 
chapters. They're fantastic. And it's really just what it says in the tin. It's looking at like the ordinary aspects of life. Like even he talks about, you know, dust and uh, the rays of sun and just all these like very monotonous things. And he just completely expands them and and shows how wonderful they are and just really just marvel at at creation and even just some of the words that we use as well. And yeah, it's really it's very thought provoking. Uh, just it makes you appreciate life a lot more. So I'll give a big shout out for that book, uh, Finding God in the Ordinary. Sounds good. So, sounds really interesting, actually. Um, yeah, what about you? For me, uh, I've been reading a book by a guy Dean Ortland uh, called Gentle and Lowly. Uh, it's like top one book I have read in a long, long time. It is good. Um, it's basically just a book about the heart of God. You know, Jesus says. Um, my heart is gentle and lowly um, and what that means just how good Jesus is how he doesn't get fed up with us he doesn't get bored of, of forgiving us it's a it's a really good book to read if you're feeling uh, discouraged or even if you're not it's just it's different gravy uh, would definitely recommend it gentle and lowly um, Henry this week we're uh, trying to answer a few questions about um evangelism i guess evangelism sharing the gospel with people but specifically the questions always seem to be um, aimed at how, how do we how do we approach people that we love like you know friends family um who we want to come see uh and know jesus uh people who don't yet believe in jesus um i, I guess thinking about that and the springboard in that have you got any good stories of any times where uh, you maybe <laughs> tried some evangelism not necessarily with uh close people uh to you um uh, but maybe where it didn't go quite as as expected yeah i do um where do i start to be honest i suppose for many who m- might be listening to this we've had the the excitement and the thrill that is door-to-door evangelism dear if that's been you know on a mission trip or maybe even doing something like expression just having to knock people's doors and it's one thing knocking on someone's door and say you know here do you want me to help you fix your garden up usually people are pretty happy to hear that or will be at least polite and say no thanks but thanks anyway but it's a totally different thing once you have to go up and sort of try to like talk about spiritual things and try to share in god's word with them uh, i've had a few experiences of that i have a, i've had in in england where you know i've had just people just slam the door in your face and whatnot but one a situation i recall happened in the uh, down south i was involved in a, a team there working with a church and me and a guy who some people will know chris mcguire were paired off and we were um, going door to door and I went knocked on this guy's door uh, you know quite confident beaming smile and I was just literally said my name and once I was halfway through my name he just very joyfully is how I would describe it uh, slammed the door in my face and I just stood there it was just a, a moment of shock for a, about two seconds and then Chris McGuire who was at the, the end of the, the, the garden at the gate they just burst into laughter and i'm pretty sure that man heard that laughter and so that was quite a that was quite an experience i'll I'll never ever forget that and i laugh at it now but at the moment i was like a bit scundered yeah i'm sure you were i'm sure you were uh for me uh i remember i i went to a thing by uh gilly's mate rico tice and rico was all about um evangelism sharing the gospel and rico said something that he said um 
you know, what, what's the worst thing someone can say who say, uh, can I share a passage of scripture with you? And he said, the worst thing they can, worst thing that can happen is that they say no. And I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, that's class. The worst thing that they can say is no. And a few weeks later, I found myself in a conversation with a guy who was really, I didn't know him uh, really well. He was pouring out his heart to me um, about struggles that he was finding in his life. Um, he knew I was a Christian. And I said to him, hear me, do you, do you mind if I share a passage of scripture with you? thinking oh the worst that he can say is no and he looked at me and went no <laughs> and walked away um so rico was right the worst that he can say is no and sometimes people actually just do say no <laughs> and then then walk away um there was me all keen and zealous didn't really know what to do with that kind of stood there mouth open um but yeah it, it happens um and I think, <laughs> I think from personal experience, I, I I could say it's easier for me to say to a geezer I don't really know that well. Hey, can I share a passage of scripture with you? Or it's easier for me to say to a waitress or someone at Tesco's, you know, hey, I'm praying for you, or you know, I'm a Christian and I believe yada yada yada. Um, but when it comes to people we know and love, um, man, I think that's tough. Um, how, how do you how do you approach how do you approach this? Well, I think the first thing, Scott, we need to say it as something that's really crucially important. We need to see people for who they are. Um, yeah, I think it's very, you're, you're 100% right. It is so much more difficult to speak to people that we, we know and that we love because the fact is we're going to see them. So, you know, if we, we say that person in Tesco, if they, you know, completely fob it off likelihood is you might never see that person again or you know yeah. go and shop at asda uh, so but with our families we we really and friends we we can't do that so there's there's an awkwardness and with that and we have to realize taking a risk but yeah no it's sort of back to what i said we just need to first and foremost we need to see it as important we we need to see it as as primary more than anything else even like being liked being you know, having a good relationship with them, getting on with them, tolerating with them, you know, that we have a desire to share the gospel and with them. And like we'll be very upfront and say, you know, that's more than likely not going to be easy. Mm, yeah. I remember, uh, I've shared this before, I'm sure. Um, our friend, Jason Agar once said to me, uh, well, we'll talk about something, something to do with this. Um, he said, uh, the question is, what do you what do you love more? Do you love that person more or do you love your friendship with that person more? Um, because if you're a good friend, you should love you should love your loved ones more than you love your friendship. And you should be, um, I guess, willing and bold enough to take that step of sharing something that's uncomfortable or they don't want to hear. Um, so we, we got to understand this is really important. Um, you know, if our loved ones die i guess without uh believing in jesus it's it's hell for them isn't it um mm -hmm. but also i guess if they live without knowing jesus they're not living a life that's life to the full they're living a life that's limited um a life with very limited scope for joy and fulfillment as well um we sort of forget that you know um again looking at questions that have come into our instagram you know uh what do you say to people who think the christian life is boring is, is a question that pops up time and time again uh, and we sort of buy into that lie don't we you know um 
sure they might know Jesus, but they obviously have a good life, you know, and you know maybe they have a more enjoyable life than we do because they're able to do things that we're not able to do. That's not true. Um, the Christian life isn't boring if it's if it's lived right. Um, um, and life without Jesus isn't isn't full. Um, it's not. It's not how, not how we ought to live. So. I guess we have to see people as as important and see this as important. What's what's the next step? How do you take that then f- further? Yeah, I think one of the most important things I think you're certainly alluding to it, Scott, is is not seeing people as tasks or projects. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're you're getting you're getting the sort of the vibe you're sort of putting off there was you know just. Yeah, it's one thing getting people saved, but you know that's not where it ends. You know, you want to say, no, this is a far better way to actually. This is the way to live, the best way to live. And part of that is that we just don't see people as as my salvation projects. Yeah, it's good. We want people to think deeply of, you know, friends, family members, brothers, sisters, moms, dads, whatever. Uh, you, it's good to want them to be to be saved and to trust in Jesus, but if we have even the slightest subconscious thought of well, that's it, we're 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 leaning toward that project and task oriented yeah. view of evangelism, which is is really unhelpful. And I, I, like, I think this goes into a little bit of of we live in sort of people coin it the age of authenticity. People will pick up on that super quick. If you're just there to, you know, you know, you know, shove the gospel down their throat or whatever, but just sort of to get them saved, they'll 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 read that really quickly and say, Well, you don't really care about me. You just care that I'm like saved and sort of more like sort of more like you. You don't really truly care yeah. about me. Like one of the, one of the things um I, I always think about once evangelism and one of the things i've realized is evangelism is always best done in relationship and in 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 knowing people and getting to know people what would you what would you sort of say about that scott is there anything that would sort of come to your mind once you think about evangelism done in relationship yeah absolutely um i mean i would say i don't think anybody's ever been converted by someone arguing with them on a facebook post um you know someone comments uh what gods just your imaginary friend and you say well actually uh blah 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 yeah that's not gonna i don't think that's ever saved anyone um but yeah i think i think you're absolutely spot on i mean um if if we don't demonstrate that the gospel is important to us and has impacted our lives and show that and how we um divide our lives with you know our our loved ones with our friends um as you say in relationship um yeah why why would they want to buy what we're selling if if um we don't show that it actually works um i, I guess i don't think you can i don't think you can really show the gospel in action in your life if you don't have a relationship with someone you know if you're just there to sort of talk at them and tell them stuff that is true but without actually getting to know them and without getting to to love them you know the bible talks about speaking the truth in love so truth and love have to go hand in hand and where better does that work than relationship um i think what you're saying as well about like how you act you know it's not just it's not just limited to um 
you know, getting people saved. It's also, I think, you know, what, what's your posture um, in your relationship with others? You know, um, one of my favorite bands, Frightened Rabbit, they have a song called Holy. Uh, basically, it's basically having a go at Christians. Um, you know, you're acting so holy. Leave me alone when I'm when I'm full of holes. You know, um, there's a there's a real temptation for people to think that Christians are hypocrites, and that's good because Christians are hypocrites. Um, but but a lot of times Christians don't realize that. A lot of times um, we give the impression that we're we're so much better than other people. And I think, as you say, you know, if you're in relationship with other people, uh, they're able to see your flaws a lot more. Like. Um, people at CE will see my flaws a lot less than Ruth will. Ruth will know um, my flaws inside and out. Uh, and it's when I can show how the gospel impacts my flaws that, hey, like, yeah, sure, I'm a Christian, but I'm not perfect. I mess up. I need forgiveness. I need this gospel every single day. Um, yes, I say these things, but I'm, I'm willing to admit, you know, it's it's hard to live this out. Um I think, yeah, I think relationships absolutely important. Like, what would you say about that? Yeah, it's because real life happens in relationship. Like, sort of going back, it's you know, it's it's easy to say to you know an unknown person, you know, this is the gospel, and and we want to sort of balance this by saying, you know, the Lord can certainly work in those moments, one hundred percent, and we mm-hmm. wouldn't say, oh just because I don't have a relationship with that person, well, I can't share the gospel. We don't want to go down that sure. line either. Yeah, yeah. But we're just sort of, you know, have think of it from a balanced uh, point of view so that people can sort of think think about these things a little deeper. But we, we want to we want folk to, to think about how within relationships, there's more opportunity and more scope for people to see who we are and for to see how effective and ultimately how beautiful the the gospel is like one of the most like powerful things that you could do as 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 a as a as a christian to a non-christian is to put yourself in in their need and in their in their care we see jesus do this numerous times where he puts himself in the need of someone else and that just, you know, he's the great, he's the great powerful one. He mm. doesn't need to do that, but he does that all so that he can share the gospel thing as Zacchaeus and, and different folk like that. And, you know, he puts himself in need of them uh, so that he, you know, that he invests in them so that he gets an opportunity to share in the gospel. And, you know, I've had like, we wouldn't encourage people to go around looking for this specific opportunity, but, you know, I've had opportunities where, you know, I've messed up royally with a non-Christian and, you know, I've just, it's just killed me and, you know, pride's hanging out of me. And I went and apologized to them and really sought their forgiveness. And that's, that's, that is powerful. And there's been times where I've done that or I've seen that happen and, often people don't know actually how to respond because they're not seeing this in other areas of their life. They're not seeing other people do this, mm-hmm. but in those moments they're seeing a life be- that has been changed and transformed. And um, because we're, we're being honest, you know, we're not being, you know, holy uh, and a, a sort of self-righteous mm-hmm. in, the, in the wrong sense of those words. Yeah. So, yeah, we get to actually display our, our whole lives and see how the gospel's not just a you know a ticket to to heaven, but it's 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 it is that, but it's it's a way of living. At the same time, though, I guess a lot of people 
I fall into this trap of thinking this this myself, whether consciously or subconsciously. Um, you know, well, here I'm 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 living as a Christian with my friends. You know, I'm I'm not partaking in some of the stuff they're partaking in. I'm living slightly differently. My my chat in the WhatsApp group is a bit different than their chat. Um, I, I'm living differently with them. Um, but I haven't actually talked 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 to them about Jesus. Why why doesn't that work? Why why is that not proper evangelism? Why why does that not um, really hit the mark? Well, evangelism is incredibly narrow in definition and understanding, and unfortunately, we have sort of just broadened it to mean basically anything. It's sort of like the classic people say, "Oh, I'm just doing ministry here," and you know. I would ask, well, what, what do you mean by ministry? Um, if, if that ministry isn't you sharing the gospel, then it's not really ministry. Uh, I hope people don't misunderstand that and think um, we're being very judgmental. But evangelism is very specifically a proclamation. It is declaring something. It's declaring good news. And that, that means audible words and you know, as great as, um, you know, your good works are, that's not going to save anyone. You know, that might spark an interest. And we're not saying don't do good works. Again, don't <laughs> miss yours. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of jogging my memory. And I, I recall a clip of, of John Piper. And John Piper is getting very excited as he, he normally does once he, he preaches. And he, he starts talking about people helping out at soup kitchens and he's not having a go at that, but it's people thinking that's evangelism. It's like you're you handing a bowl of soup saving nobody. And he sort of has this line and it's, and it's he's being provocative, but it's very true. And our, our our good works are nothing but filthy rags at the end of the day. And you know, that's not gonna save anyone. And th- this goes into what uh the, the aforementioned saint that is Rico Tice, he talks about this. Uh, we need to be willing to take a risk. And it's it's easy to sort of be nice and sort of tolerable and be kind and gentle. And we want to encourage that. But actually, evangelism is about, evangelism is about sharing the gospel. And that requires that we take a risk. And we've given examples where that, that risk went fairly south and it did not go well at all but we need to we need to be willing and see the importance of yeah i might actually have to take a risk and this could potentially not go well mm. sam i'm really bad at this you know I, I have to admit this i am so i'm so poor at this and i'm a you know professional christian you know i get paid to pray you know and i i really struggle with this um I, I don't know. What what about you? Like, do you find this, I guess maybe nobody finds it easy, but do you find it easier than maybe I do? Or, or how would you, how do you go about this practically? Well, procrastinate, put it off is the very open and honest answer. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and speak to, you know, the two or three people who may be listening to our musing, Scott, but I'm not going to, put something out that's not true i I, you know i had a situation with a a friend you know very recently in lockdown and i almost sort of begged it up in my head you know i'm gonna take this opportunity to 
to share or even speak of spiritual things. And I didn't. I didn't do it. And I look back on that and I, re- I really have missed an, an opportunity because a lot of sort of events sort of came together and timing was right. And, you know, I just didn't do it. I was more comfortable talking about about football, about jobs, about work, about the weather, about lockdown, about people's views on coronavirus uh, than I was, than the good news. And in that moment, for me, the you know the risk wasn't wasn't worth it and i was i think if we're if we're getting into the real practicalities of it i think we, we need to remember that we don't need to say everything in one go sure and that is that that should release a burden off your <laughs> shoulders you know you don't have to go and explain every like why jesus died how the father was satisfied with the perfect sacrifice of the son and how your sins are uh, totally cleansed sure if you'd like to open your bible to genesis we'll start from there you know it's not yeah (laughs) and and that should be really freeing for us to hear we don't need to say everything in one go actually can i encourage people not to do that (laughs) don't say everything in one go that will just be you know um, just audible vomit to be honest it would just not come across well at all so yeah just obviously you want to keep it simple like i look back and it's like you look at, at scripture and you see examples of like you know people who were able to, to grasp like we look at jesus and they're so and with the apostles as well and you know, see paul paul will, will use different phrases he'll say believe or he'll talk about repentance and different things like this but he's not saying every theological bible word uh, is. so like jesus will some will simply say come follow me mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's good yeah. stuff so yeah so i think that that's one big practical point that we can definitely um, lean on and should implement into our lives yeah i think for me i think you know the thing about my brother, my brother's not a Christian. Um, I, I love my brother. Um, and we can probably talk about anything <laughs> other than the gospel. I think it's like the only part of talking about, you know, talking to Shane that I really kind of actually struggle with. Um, to, to my shame, you know, it's hard and I'm not good at it. Um, and, and part of it is, part of it is, is I just need to suck it up and just go for it. You know, being honest, I just need to talk about jesus um some way shape or form you know he grew up in a, uh, a church going christian um a family so he knows some stuff you know it's not as if i have to as you say explain you know everything to him um but part of it and i know my own heart part of it is actually because i don't trust god enough um i think when you realize when we're doing when we're when we want uh, loved ones to come to know Jesus that it's it's not actually completely all down to us in fact it's not down to us at all yes God uses our efforts and he uses our words and he uses our relationships but ultimately it's God who saves people um, and I think I struggle so much so much of my struggle I guess with talking to other people about Jesus is because I have so much pressure on myself like I think it's down to me I've got to say the right thing in the right way um you know give out the catchiest nicest sounding sound bite that there is in order for Shane to come and know Jesus and if I stutter or if I mess it up um you know well actually you know unlucky missed out uh 
I think I think that's a big thing. You know, I think we gotta learn to trust God in, in all of this. Um, practical a practical thing that I do to help me uh, with this is every night I pray for um, I pray for the same list of people every single night, um, or at least I try to, and uh, you know I pray for some of my my closest mates who don't don't love Jesus. I pray for people in church. Um, well, specifically people's spouses in, in church um, who don't yet know Jesus. I pray for people I've met in Philadelphia who don't know Jesus. Um, and I try and pray for the same list of people every night. Um, as, you know, begging God to save them. Begging God to um, change their lives. Um, but also as a practical reminder that I can't save them. It's not up to me. And yes, I need to make an effort. And yes, I need to, to talk about Jesus. And I need to just suck it up and do it. But but also you know this this is all in God's hands at the end of the day and, and you hold those two things together you know I've got to do something and ultimately it's God who does the work and that's such a important thing to totally cling on to we want again it comes back to the conversation of balance we we hold those things together we don't focus on one over over the other but we hold them together tightly and, and marry them together I, i'll be on where I, I i'll give the shout out to the book that we're going to be giving away at this podcast and it's it's rico tice's book honest evangelism again it's actually a really short book and you could read it very easily in one sitting and he has a chapter yeah i think it's a chapter and it's just titled this successful evangelism and you know you're sort of expecting it to be maybe the opposite of what we've been talking about scott and he he said he this is how he defines successful evangelism he says it's not someone becoming a christian it's someone hearing about christ it's not you winning the argument having all the answers or giving an eloquent speech it's you preaching christ and that should again hearkening back free us our, our evangelism is successful once we are faithful and just simply sharing jesus and pointing people to jesus in in our words and it's 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 up to god through the work of his spirit to simply do the rest and Mm -hmm. that should we we need to trust him and that should liberate us to you know do it more freely and not to think so much about it and what others would think about us but that once we realize we're successful whenever we're faithful should Mm. should have such a positive impact and should ultimately increase our efforts yeah that's that's really good stuff like that reminds me of um what my good friend Jonathan says he says we need to to try and see what god is doing uh in our lives and then get out of the way of what god is doing you know when it comes to um you know, sharing the good news when it comes to wanting other people to come to, to faith in Jesus and know him for how wonderful and glorious he is. We just got to get out of the way. Um, you know, I thank you. One of the struggles I have in sharing about Jesus, well, it's because I think it's all down to me or, you know, it, it relies on me or it's on my shoulders or, no, I just got to see what God's doing, the opportunities that God gives me and then step to the side and let him do his thing. Um, which I think is a lot easier said than done, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it is massively easier said than done. I, and I, I suppose for, for me, once I was hearing you speak, and I'm sure you can 
you have this experience as well. Once you preach, there's you put so much, you know, that's like quite public evangelism, if you could put it like that, mm-hmm. with a large group of people. And I put so much pressure on myself and how, you know, catchy my, the phrases I use or how eloquent my speeches or the illustrations were they profound was the application effective and i put so much pressure on my performance that mm. it, it basically subconsciously even though i don't believe it or i wouldn't even preach it i'm placing the salvation of souls on, on my back and that's just a weight i simply you know i can't even carry my own salvation so yeah. well, why would i want to do it for for some other people but we 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 don't believe that but we we so often live it out and some people will need to to hear that message and because maybe they're trying too hard others may may need the the proverbial kick up the backside and be like why aren't you doing you're not doing it enough so again we want to have a balanced approach but i i think of some of the times that i i've preached and you know i look back and it's you know it's been in my my humble opinion it's been brilliant it's been so good you know i haven't made a mistake it's <laughs> it's flowed the timekeeping's been great and i've basically you know afterwards got such a non-response and i think of times where it was a train wreck and you know it was a disaster and people would come up afterwards and speak to me and would say how how much that spoke to them and i'm just like were you listening to the same thing i that was coming out of my mouth but it's because it's not it's not my it's not my work it's not your work it's god's it's god's work and he can use our our mess and our messy um disjointed words to to speak to people yeah absolutely spot on i guess it's our hope that if you're listening to this and um you have loved ones who don't know Jesus, and by the way, you should probably have loved ones who don't know Jesus. Otherwise, you're just uh, in a Christian bubble, and you need to you need to get out a wee bit more. To be perfectly honest, um, but hopefully, you've been encouraged. You know, um, it's not all down to you. Yes, you got to do something. You got to make the um, most of the opportunities God has given you. But even when you bomb, whether it's in you know a conversation you've had or you just mess up um, and struggle and trip up uh, and sin and with with whatever life throws your way um god is good god is able to use our mess god is able to use our bumbling words um and he does because he saved us um he saved us through the mess of others lives you know i became a christian primarily i guess through my parents when i think about it um my my parents were anything like me as a parent they had no idea what they were doing um (laughs) um so if you don't know what you're doing that's fine you're the same as every other christian in human history um you can rely on the fact that god actually does know what he's doing and he does it very well um henry mentioned that we're doing a giveaway of honest evangelism by rico tice so keep an eye out on how to to win that probably just liking and sharing this on facebook or sharing it to your story on uh, instagram it'd be really nice if uh, if more people did that and a chance to win a book rather than the thousands that flocked in to try and win a mcdonald's um <laughs> uh, i don't know what that says about you as ce listeners but uh hopefully you find this helpful and uh um, get yourself in with it with a chance to chance to win this book um until next time from henry and me um keep safe and we'll see you soon see you guys